You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Okay. Wow. So before we, yeah, you guys can turn the lights on, but I just want to, I want to emphasize something while we're still in this moment, just because lights turn on, transition doesn't necessarily happen. Um, worship is, is a lifestyle. It's not just music on, on a stage uh, where amazing people are leading you. Um, but God is, I heard Steve Backlund say not long ago that, that God was giving worship leaders, had been giving worship leaders songs that we as people that weren't worship leaders were supposed to be making as declarations on a daily basis but because we weren't he was giving them songs that we would repeat during worship until we start actually saying it in our daily lives (laughs) i mean listen to what we said what we were singing today Again, when, when things are being said over and over, it's because there's a declaration that's being made. God is emphasizing a point. It's not because that's, you know, like, this is planned. No, it's, it's spirit-led, and, and he's like, look, this is, pay close attention. I'm saying to you a couple things. I'm, I'm having you declare you're, ne- you're never going back, right? Who doesn't want to go back to where? I don't even want to go back to the way we used to do church, you know, five years ago. I don't want to go back to the way I was a Christian five years or, or two years ago or a year ago or even six months ago, right? And, and then there's, you know, we're declaring uh, your love is going to be a firm foundation of my life. That's what God's emphasizing in, in this season in the body of Christ, I believe worldwide, is that love is to be the foundation that everything grows out of. That's it. Like, it's the big deal. And so we're declaring that. Love's my foundation. As we're declaring it, things that are in our foundation that aren't love are being uprooted because we're making the declaration. We're coming into agreement with truth. We're like, yes, I want this to be my foundation. The other stuff that was built on, the stuff that I thought it was supposed to be about, I'm getting rid of that. Go ahead and take that, Jesus, and pour love into that thing and solidify the truth that you've been teaching me so that I can live out of it. And, and then we start declaring that I'm, we receive your love. I was talking about this gif that I, I, send, I send to Lindsay sometimes as a joke, um, but I felt like it was, it was like what God's doing too is there's a, have you ever seen this one that it says, just let me love you on it? And there's this guy and he's chasing this, this lady. And he's like, just let me love you. <laughs> and the lady's like, ah, and she takes off, you know? And, and I felt like that's the father. He's like, just let me love you. And as we're singing, we receive your love. It's like, we're like, okay, I'll stop running. Here I, I, I receive your love because I can only give you what I receive. Love my neighbor as I love myself. And so as we're singing that, I could just feel the, I'm worthy of the Father's love. Just being poor, just uprooting lies of things where we feel like, I'm not worthy of His love. Well, I, I, newsflash, Jesus made you worthy and you, it's a done deal, right? Like it's, it's over. All the, uh, the feelings of unworthiness were settled at the cross. And now I just got to work them into my mind. As I declare, I receive. And as I declare, I'm receiving, I'm rece- I want everything you've got. 
Because that's what Jesus lays life down for, so that we could receive everything. Right? Not just a little bit. Uh, not, not just as much as I think I should have, but literally everything so that the world can be changed by his love. We always say by his love and power. I believe that they're all wrapped into, up into that one four-letter word, love. L- love is power because love is, is God. And so when we're, de- when we're singing those things, we're declaring truth. We're, we're actually making a declaration over our own personal life of, of things that God wants to do in us. All of Christianity is, is full, full contact sport, as, as Todd White says. What, what that means is that there are nobody, there's nobody on the bench. It's full declaration, even in worship, or making declarations, right? It's just, it's beautiful. So thanks, worship team, for just following God. Whew, every time I receive His love, it gets a little, you know, I feel pretty good. We'll just leave it at that. We may talk more about that later if we get a chance to. But today we have a huge privilege and honor something we've been waiting to do now for a little bit. Well, actually, I've been waiting to do it probably for a good year. <laughs> Honestly, I've been waiting for somebody to say yes. And uh, that thing that we've been waiting somebody to say yes to was the ordination of, of Joe and Arelli Wilson today. And so, we, yeah. To some of you, it, it may mean more than to others. For those of you that are, are family and friends and have known Joan Arelli closely, uh, you know that this is, a, this is a huge deal, right? This is a huge deal. When, it's, when I was just thinking, you know, as we're declaring, never, we're never going back. These are two people that I've watched over. Joe just reminded me, it's been almost five years they've been here. And uh, I've watched, even from the place that they came in, uh, that you're not ever going back. You're not ever going to be the same. You're ruined. It's, you know, it's, it's way too late to go back to any of that stuff. You guys have been ruined in a real good way. And uh, the world's better because of it. And not only the world, but our lives are better because of it. Um, the two of the people that are, are nearest and dearest to our hearts. And I'll save a little bit of that until later. I'll have you guys come up in just a second, but I'm going to read something just to, to some of you, at least to our leadership team, a little bit of this may seem like a formality just because Joe and Arelli have already been operating in this capacity now for years. You know, they've already carried the full authority. By that, I mean the full authority of, of the kingdom, but also the full authority of this house uh, in love now for years of, of what they've uh, been doing, the responsibilities that they have. They lead our healing center and our prayer team, and they, I mean, up until recently, they've been, they clean, they just jump in and do whatever needs it, you know, they just, they serve, and they serve well, and they set a great example, and they learned early on something I'm going to read in here is that when I I give you something and empower you to do it, it's all yours. (laughs) We don't micromanage you, and and, uh, Joe and Arelli have done an amazing job. Uh, at everything that that they've been doing and continue to do here. And the newest thing that they've been doing is the Renewed Believers class that we have on Friday nights that we're about halfway point now. And so five, it was a five-month class. Like I said, we're about halfway through it. And it's to transform our minds so that we have hope 
And if we have hope, we'll have joy. We, as we say, we agree with somebody else that says this, Steve Macklin, is that whoever has the most hope has the most influence. <laughs> and they're helping us get there. So they helped write that curriculum, and, and our, you know, there's people's lives are being radically changed. My life's been radically changed because of that same, that same stuff. So I want to just briefly describe what ordination is to us, what we see it as. And then I'm going to have the leadership team come up here and have, uh, have Rachel come up here too because she's got something to share over Joan Relly. And we're going to lay hands on them and pray. And you guys are going to help us pray for them. I believe a blessing and impartation is going to come on them, but I also believe there's going to be a blessing and impartation that comes on, on the rest of y'all too. And, and people that are watching, there's no distance in the spirit realm. So when somebody gets something, we can all receive from it. So ordination happens uh, through a doctrine in the Bible called the laying on of hands. Um, the laying on of hands is, is not a particular denomination's doctrine. It's in Hebrews 6, and it says this is one of the elementary principles uh, of, of the Bible is, is the laying on of hands. Um, and also in, in Deuteronomy 34.9, Moses laid his hands on Joshua, and then it says and Joshua received the spirit of wisdom. When he laid his hands on him. So Joshua became brilliant in a moment after Moses laid his hands on him. I've prayed for that a lot of times, right? Who would want to be brilliant in a moment? <clears throat> According to God's wisdom. <laughs> Boy, I've needed that a bunch. So the laying on of hands is very important. And, and that's how ordination takes place. Basically, what we are doing is God ordained Joan Arelli the way I see it from the foundation of the world. The same time he chose them, it says it in Ephesians 1, he chose them in him before the foundation of the world. And at that point, he said, this is the plan I have for their lives. This is the grace. This is the anointing. Like way before the, the whole planet was here. And then what we get to do as a leadership team and as a family, we've recognized the call of God on their lives. And we say yes and amen to it. Man can't ordain you. God ordains. And we just come into agreement with what God's already done. <laughs> That's basically all of ministry. We just come into agreement with what God's already done. And we just say yes and amen to it, uh, you know, when, when, we, when we wake up to the truth. And so when somebody, when we ordain somebody, essentially what happens is, is the only way we'll do it personally is when they've said, we submit to your authority. Relationally and by, because what we say is that if I'm not submitted to a man or woman that I can see, I'm fooling myself if I think I'm submitted to a God I can't see. So I'll be a real rock star in that relationship. I'm, just not, I'm submitted to God, but not submitted to anybody else. <laughs> and so, so Joe and Arelli have, have done that, and they've found out what, what happens when you're submitted to an authority who actually wants you to benefit from the submission more than they benefit from it. That's the way it's, I know submission's like a, a bad word for some of you guys. I know it leave, it's left a nasty taste in your mouth, and that's, that, I'm, uh, that's unfortunate, but that's not what it is in this place, because we've, we've learned from different people. And so they've learned that relationally, it benefits them, and they've said, yes, we submit to your authority, you can get in our business, please call us on our stuff, please call us up. Not just out, but in, you know, we want you to empower us. We want you to champion us. We want you to cheer us on. And that's, that's what we've done, not just to them, but they've done to us. We submit one to another. And so the same thing happens from them to us. It's not just, it's not just one way because that's healthy kingdom. And so they've said yes to all that. 
Um, and, and as they know, and I'll say to you guys again as we get ready to ordain you, um, the most important thing of anything that you've ever done, uh, we've, said, we've said this and we'll continue to say this, is we value you and our relationship with you more than anything you could ever do for us. All the things you do are great, but, but they're a byproduct of what we value most, and it's, and it's our relationship that we actually get to do, literally do life with you. Um, so we value that. That will remain the same for as long as we're on the planet together until whoever, I don't know who will go first. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to win that race, but <laughs> <laughs> as I already said already, they, they've, they've realized we don't micromanage them. And, and Jonah really have helped, you guys have helped create the culture that are still helping create the culture that we have now, a kingdom culture, a culture of honor, uh, a culture of we love first, and, and a culture of where hope and joy are, are some of the most prevalent things that we carry and that we display in our daily lives. There was somebody not long ago that people were laughing during worship, and they said, what, what was so funny? <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about that later. So, <clears throat> our expectation is something we know you're already going to do, and it's just to continue to, to love people well like you have been. And you're you're leading the charge in this in this area. I'm fully convinced of it. In this region, you guys are helping lead the charge in what it, what love looks like, what it looks like to be intentional, to get out of your comfort zone and risk. Uh, being willing to give all of yourself and love heart wide open. So we're grateful for your example that you're going to continue to set because that's just, that's just who you are. Um, when you get ordained by us, uh, you will also share in the, the fruit, the breakthroughs, the advancements that we've made thus far. You guys are, have been helping us get those breakthroughs, those advancements and all those things. So it's a no-brainer. But let me add to that that at some point when you're traveling the world in ministry, we'll share in your fruit then still, and you'll share in ours. Our breakthroughs will continue to be yours, and your breakthroughs will continue to be ours. That's something that will continue to happen through our relational connection again until whoever goes, whoever goes home first. <laughs> um, yeah. You guys want to go ahead and come up. I've got your ordination certificates up here framed. And Owen, Nikki made sure these got printed out. They're already in glass frames. I would encourage you not to sit them on the floor. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yes, clap. It's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need you more in the middle of the camera shot. Help your lovely bride get over there. That's good. Thank you. You want this first after I'm done? You want this first when I'm done? Will you just hold it? <laughs> so, so here they are. You can hold them for pictures later. They have stuff on the other side, I promise. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to give the charge, and then will you will you come up after that, Rachel, and will you share what you what you have, and where'd Owen go? He's okay. 
He's back there. He'll be ready. Um, so in 1 Timothy 1.18, I just want to read some scripture over you. <clears throat> it's the Bible's final authority in all our lives, and you've made it that way. And so making sure that I read this stuff, just a reminder to you of things that you guys already do. It says, this charge we commit to you. And in Paul's, Paul's writing to Timothy, he says to you, son Timothy, but I change it to Joan Arelli. Uh, don't worry, I took it up with Jesus. Uh, this charge we commit to you, Joe and Aureli, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you wage a good warfare, all that the Lord has spoken to you and through others, all the prophecies that you have, all the visions that you've seen, all the dreams that you've dreamed, uh, we ask that you would continue as you have been, hold them out in front of you and use them as a weapon to fight off all the discouragement, even recent discouragement is use that and know that there will be no person on earth, no demon in hell will stop you guys from everything that the Lord has called you to do in every place that he's called you to go. <laughs> Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5 in the, in the New American Standard says this, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, uh, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and with great patience, with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to miss. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry." You guys will be some of the people that lead the way in preaching the truth uh, in lots of places and help people turn away from things that are myths and things that are hearsay and things that are heresy even because it's just part of, I believe, what you're called to do. <clears throat> and at the root of all this, the center of the foundation of it all besides love is, as you know, grace. For by grace you've been saved through faith and it's not of yourselves. It's, it's the gift of God. But not only is grace the gift, but you guys are too. You guys have become a gift to the, to the world around you, and you are a gift to this family. Um, grace got you here, and it will be what empowers you to finish stronger than what, than what you've started. <clears throat> so I'm going to have Rachel come, and she's got something she's going to share, and then we're going to pray over you and prophesy over you. Is there a mic? I don't have to have it, but you guys do. Okay, so when you asked me to, um, to speak a blessing over you today, I was so honored that you would ask um, because you're amazing people. I, God loves so many things about you as a couple and, and individually. You're genuine. You're inclusive. You love well. Your joy is contagious. There's so many good things. Um, you treat people like they matter. You get excited seeing people grow. But I just felt one thing that God wanted me to, to look at to, to talk about today, and that's the fact that you see. Um, sometimes we talk about, we call this calling out the golden people or prophesying. And I feel like you guys see, but you take it to another level by you see and you expect. 
And um, when I prayed about what God wanted me to say, he reminded me of a story of something that happened to me a long time ago. I used to be a, an office manager in a commercial bakery in Indy, and our software wasn't very sophisticated. So when the day's production started, if there were add-ons to the orders, I had to walk them back to the production area. And the production area was this huge, huge room, like bigger than the entire building, okay? And it had this table that they called a bench, which was probably two-thirds of the size of this worship set area. It's huge, and there were there was an oven, there were there's all kinds of equipment, other stuff. Huge room. And when they made dough, sometimes they would make it in 200-pound batches. So there'd be this mixer that stood on the floor, and it had a mixing bowl that was big enough to actually get in. So, I mean, if you can picture that. And when they would, when the chief baker, his name was Luis, he would take these 200-pound lumps of dough and throw them up on the bench, and it would look kind of like a baby hippopotamus. <laughs> and then he would cut off chunks, and he would weigh them out, and he would, he would call out what this was going to be. And so one day, I was bringing add-ons to the back room, and I walked in there, and Luis is chopping off the pieces of the baby hippo, and he puts it on the scale, and he picks it up, and he throws it across the bench to another baker, and he says, that's two dozen sliders. And you know those Holy Spirit moments. This was one of those crystal Holy Spirit moments. And everybody in that room saw that blob of dough fly across the table and land, and they knew that it was just a blob of dough. But they also knew that it was two dozen sliders because that's what Louis called it. And that blob of dough was mixed right, but it wasn't two dozen sliders. It still had to be rolled out, you know, think of Play-Doh. Had to be rolled out, shaped, put in a tray. The tray had to go in a proofer. It had to sit there in the proofer for a while. It had to go in the oven, be baked for the right number of minutes. It had to be pulled out of the oven, had to cool, had to be sliced and bagged and labeled and dated. And then... It was two dozen sliders. But nobody in that room questioned the fact that that blob of dough was two dozen sliders because Louise called it so. And that is what you guys do so beautifully. You see and you expect. And isn't that what we all want? We want to be seen and we want to be loved. We want to be accepted. We want to be known. And that's what you guys do. You see and you love, and you accept, and you know, and you call out, and you expect. And that's what you do so very well. And God is just so <laughs> enormously pleased with you doing that. And so um, I, just, I just have a really brief blessing. Um, in Jesus' name, I bless your ability to see and your ability to call out, your ability to know and to love. Um, I bless your joy and your growth 
and your future. I bless your finances and your health and your work. I bless all you do, and I really look forward to seeing the great things you're going to do in the kingdom. Really? I love the way Joe says your name. Really? Um, I bless you as a mother in the kingdom. Isaiah 54 says, shout for joy. You who have not given birth, break forth into joyful shouting and cry aloud. You who have not been in labor for the sons of the desolate one will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. Your sons will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. And then he goes on to say, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare them. Lengthen your ropes and strengthen your pegs, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. I feel you have mothered, and you will mother many, and your sons will be more numerous than the sons of the married woman. God loves you that about you so much. You have and will have many who will come and call you mother. And I bless your voice. <laughs> you are called to speak, and so I bless you as you raise your voice. <laughs> and Joe, I bless you with even greater wisdom than you already carry. I bless you with even more powerful teaching. I'm sure you've noticed in, in, the, in the New Testament how many times Jesus was called teacher. And you do that well. So I, I, you follow his example well, and I bless your pursuit of teaching the way Jesus taught. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. What's this after I get in the pray? No, what after I get in Yeah, we'll just leave it on. So thanks, Jesus. We're going we're gonna to pray now and, and lay hands on you all and initiate it. And Lindsay and I just our hands on you as they're all praying. Thanks, Rachel, for powerful charge and encouragement and prophetic statements. And so I just feel like that as we continue to pray that there's going to be a greater impartation for you guys today. And I felt like that the Psalms 2-4 perspective that God has, that he sits in heaven and laughs, that you guys have that perspective, but it's going higher today. And I felt like I was just supposed to call out these gifts, which I don't take lightly um, or, or don't do anxiously either. Um, but I felt like the, the, the four of the five fivefold ministry gifts rest upon your lives um, of the apostle and prophet and, and pastor and teacher and uh, let you figure out which, which is which for you. Um, Maybe obvious to us, but we want it to be obvious to you. And so I thank you, Father, right now that we get to lay hands on Joe and Arelli, your son, your daughter, and literally say yes and amen to everything that you've placed on their lives. We pray there be a greater release right now of impartation. Uh, there be a greater release of grace to do everything that they've been called to do, that there be unlocking um, of everything that you placed in them. We thank you for the ordination of heaven uh, that's coming alive in new ways starting today, that today will be a new day for them, that it will mark something new that starts in their lives 
And it's going to bring breakthrough, Lord, in ways that they have been dreaming about, in ways they haven't been able to dream about yet. But you're going to help them. And so we bless this son. We bless this daughter. Uh, we bless them in, in the gifts that they are. We bless them even more so in the gifts that they, uh, that they get to be to us and to the world around us. Um, thank you for the gift that we get to be a part of their lives. It's a huge blessing, and we've got to see them grow and continue to. And thank you for the way that they continue to help us grow and champion us and encourage us and share what they see and hear from the intimacy that they live their lives from. Bless them now in Jesus' name. Thanks, Lord. Thanks, Jesus. So, Joe and Arelli, it's an absolute privilege and honor to get to stand next to you on this amazing day, this prophetic, amazing promise that's being fulfilled right now. Many, many, many years ago, it was spoke over you guys when you couldn't even fathom, and now it's unfolding before our eyes. It's such an amazing picture of um, words that are spoken to us that we don't always see right away, but we're seeing prophecy fulfilled right now. It's beautiful. Jesus is so good. We love you guys so much. You guys mean so much to me and Owen into this uh, Revive family. Um, I think that you guys serve your picture of servanthood and love and honor for people like I've never met anyone before. You inspire me. You encourage me by your lives, and you really are exactly who you are here. It's such an encouragement to the body of Christ. The moment that you guys stepped in this place, revived the world, benefited, and we've gone way farther and faster by having you guys here with us, just by getting to be in your life. Not for anything you've done here. I mean, that's all beautiful, but just allowing us to be a part of your life, we have gone so much farther and faster than we ever could have without you. And so I just wanna thank you guys I thank you for your yes to Jesus. Thank you for wholeheartedly serving Jesus with your whole heart and going after walking in wholeness in every area of your life and doing the hard things and um, saying yes to Jesus anyways. I was praying for you this week, and I wrote down some prophetic words, and I was hearing an equip. You guys were going to be having, like, an equipping center, but then Jesus, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, they are the equipping center. You guys are called to equip believers. I see you traveling the world. You already know this. You've heard this a billion times, but just another, um, just for the purpose of the recording and to encourage you again, I see you traveling. I see churches inviting you to equip their people and their leadership team. I see you sitting down with church leadership and and teaching them how to love and honor, teaching them um, how to renew their mind to truth, how to, the pathway to powerful book, things like that, the victorious emotions. I see you teaching leadership teams and traveling worldwide, but um, it's going to be an extension, like Tony said earlier, of Revive the World. We're always going to be a part of your lives, and um, I'm just excited to see what God does for you. Yeah. Joe O'Reilly. Thanks for the peace, Father, more, more. <laughs> uh, Joe, <laughs> you, uh, 
You have a grace of being a father to the fatherless. I don't know that I can adequately express the power behind just one encouraging word that somebody may get from a hundred other people, but when it comes from you, it pierces the heart to where it's really, people cannot express the depth and the weight that that word carries in their life. (laughs) I think what you stepped in is just the beginning and uh, countless thousands, well, you can count them, but thousands, (laughs) thousands of people are going to benefit from the example of God the Father that you do, you carry and you walk in so well. It's a very good balance, Aureli. <laughs> you have a grace to tell hard truths to people where they're not offended by it. They genuinely receive it and things that they might normally shut the door or put up a wall for other people in their life. You have a grace where they say, that's hard to hear, but here's more access to my heart. (laughs) Bless what you're doing, Holy Spirit. Thank you. More, more. I just want to say thank you. You guys are really great. I'll let somebody hear you go. Just thank you for Joe and Aureli. <laughs> Lord, we're so proud of them. We're so excited. I just want to pray for you guys. And <laughs> Holy Ghost. Fuego. <laughs> God, we just bless Joe and Aureli right here, right now. <laughs> oil and barrels and barrels of oil from heaven. Lord, we thank you for new assignments. We thank you for new partners of angels. <laughs> we thank you for clarity. <laughs> we thank you for heavenly wisdom. Father, we just bless them right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. (laughs) Yeah, Lord, we're so proud. We love you so much, Joe. Love you so much, really. (laughs) Chasing God is numero uno. (laughs) Thanks, Lord. We love you. Amen. 
Jeez, Jesus. Se más fuego. Can we pray everything they're receiving right now? Everything that, that can be impartable to the rest of the family, everybody that's watching, we pray it be released right now in Jesus' name. We pray it, it, it be they're reciprocating from heaven, hitting them and hitting everybody else too in Jesus' name. Just receive everything that God wants to do right now in this moment. This isn't just about Jonah Relic. This is a whole family thing right here. This is, a, this is about the body. This is what they represent. They represent the body. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Yeah, more Jesus. More on everybody right now in Jesus' name. We pray revelation, Lord. We pray that that every person would would allow you to do whatever you want to do in this moment, regardless of what it sounds like, feels like, or if we understand it. We pray like the peace that passes understanding. We pray that we would allow... Uh, you to do what you want in us that would that passes our human understanding. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, bless, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. More God. Whew. Thanks, Jesus. Whew. <laughs> Jesus, ah, thank you, Lord. You need carry. Help him. Give him a helping hand. I love you. No. I love you. Thank you so much. We love you. Proud of you. <laughs> More. Thanks, Jesus. Love you, man. Super proud of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you guys wanna? We're working our way there. You stay right there. <laughs> right, there's a place for you right there. I feel. Yeah. Thank you. Man, that I got to do this. That we got to do this was been a long time coming. <laughs> Aaron's gonna be their chaperone. He's the. It's the DD. <laughs> All the boys are making sure this gets recorded. They're gonna <laughs> this will be for years to come. We'll be showing these videos at Christmas and Thanksgiving and every chance they get. You remember when? Uh-huh. I'd like to say everything that happens here stays here, but it's all on the social media now, so. <laughs> oh, unashamed. Unashamed of the gospel. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. I don't know what, but <laughs>
gonna hold on to this podium for a moment and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to explain to you some of what you're seeing happen because some of you are accustomed to when I said earlier and I joked about the lady that said, What's so funny? Because people were laughing during worship after worship, she said, what, What's so funny? You know, and I, I thought to myself as I was thinking that question, because I know that some of you have been in envi- environments where things happened and there was no explanation ever. Now, one thing I never want to do, and I hope to be able to do this in 20 minutes, one thing I never want to do is leave you without explanation of what happens and at the same time not over explaining while things are happening because sometimes you just gotta let things happen right you just it it sometimes will look like holy chaos because when when we prayed for revival to come we're like we want to be ignited for god and we were praying that we were saying god we want everything you've got holy spirit you can come and we don't care what it looks like we don't care what it sounds like we don't care what it feels like we just want you and then he came, and we we're like, oh, my gosh. At least I was. I'm like, oh, this is freaky. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And <clears throat> that went on for probably a year inside my head. And I'm like, I don't know what this is. But I kept getting testimony after testimony after testimony, and I was watching people's lives, not like overly watching, you know, like Big Brother, but just like watching. Well, they're authentically changed. They're loving people better than they ever have. Like, they're, they're more full of hope, more full of joy. They're stepping out and taking risks. They're getting breakthrough and healing. They're giving prophetic words. Like, this is, these are things that they weren't doing before, and now they're increased, like, double or more. And so I'm like, all right, I, I can get with this because there's fruit that's happening from the controlled chaos. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go for it. You know, let's, I want more. That's what we started to pray. We believe that... Because Moses, uh, even after he had experienced the glory of God and then prayed for more, basically, I, I want more. I want to see your face. Like I, I, you know, he had a pretty good time in there. You know, when he came down from the mountain, they, he had to put a, a veil over his face because his face was so literally so bright, and that was under an inferior covenant, and now we're in a better covenant with Jesus. And so... Since Moses asked for more in that moment, we found it to be legal to ask for more for the rest of our lives. Because when I ask for more, if I get more or I actually walk in more, I can give more away. And that's what it's all about. It's not all about me just getting to have a good time, even though sometimes you're like, I've heard people say, oh, well, you just, you run for prayer. You want to be in the front of the line of the Bless Me Club? Yeah, I absolutely do. I want to be right in the front of the line of the Bless Me Club. I want to be president of the Bless Me Club and be blessed while I'm president. Because when I get blessed, I can be a blessing. I can't give you what I don't have, right? If I don't have hope, I can't give you any. If I don't have joy, I can't give you any. If I don't let the Father love me, I can't love you, right? This is all, and so at first glance, it's easy to become critical of something that doesn't make sense to us because we're like, well, this isn't church. Sitting in my grandma's church, this isn't the way I grew up, this isn't, and you know what, I, I can't say that I understand it all, but I know God's in it, and one of the reasons that we, we, we laugh a lot, because, well, joy is present in our lives, and, and back to when the lady said, well, I, what's so funny, I thought a couple things, I thought, well, 
People that are dancing look crazy to those that don't hear the music. <laughs> and I think that there's always something funny because I think about all the times the devil thought he was going to kill me. <laughs> How he thought he was going to keep me in addiction all my life. <laughs> right? He thought, he thought he was going to make me a failure, uh, a big disappointment. You know, he thought he was going to get me to kill myself. He had a lot of thoughts for me. He had a lot of plans for me, and he didn't accomplish any of them, and he didn't go into. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. <laughs> that makes me laugh. At any given time, regardless of what's happening in the world around me, I can have a real good laugh because of that. <laughs> now, I cry too. I, we just grieve the loss of our cousin. You know what I mean? There are moments when I'm by myself and I'm in prayer and, and I cry. It's just that they're fewer and far between. And there's sometimes when the holiness of God comes and I, I just I cry uncontrollably because he's just like his holy becomes manifest in a way that you're like, Whoa, I could die in this moment. He's so holy. <laughs> it's, it, it, it comes in the room, and we've, we've had it happen, and you just, you just get as low as you can. You're like, if I could get under the carpet, I know there's only an eighth of an inch of carpet above this concrete, but if I could get under it, I'm going to do it. Because it's just, he's holy. He's God. Like, he's the creator of all things. He's King Jesus. And when he comes in the room, it, it, at times, in that way, it, it's, it's, it's a... It's like reverence, what they call fear of the Lord, not being scared of him, but it's a holy reverence and a holy awe that takes place. We've had it happen in worship when everybody just gets real still and you're like, I don't want to touch this moment because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, I don't want to touch the mic. I don't want to say anything. Matter of fact, I don't even know what to say. Right. And so there's times when when that takes place. But what's become acceptable in the church, if you, if, you know, that lady that asked about about every, anything being, you know, what's so funny? If everybody would have been crying in the whole service, there would have been no questions. Because, because crying has become acceptable in the church. That's an acceptable form of, of worship or a response to the presence of God. If you're crying, it's cool. If you're laughing, you're weird. I'm like, hold on. This doesn't make sense. Now, I cried for years of my first Christian, of the beginning of my Christianity. I mean, cried and cried and cried. And so this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying anything wrong with crying. But I am saying that Psalm 1611 says there's fullness of joy in his presence. So if all I ever do is cry, then there may be a problem. One, I'll question, is it his presence? Two, I'll, I'll ask my, is it something that I've learned? Is it a learned behavior? We get taught by example by others. And so when we grow up in an environment and a culture that tells us crying's okay, laughing's not, then what becomes my standard? Whatever's acceptable. Because what do we customarily do? Maybe not everybody in this room or everybody watching, but we customarily go with the flow. Because I don't want to be the outcast or be weird or... You know what? I never had a problem doing that when I was in the world. <laughs> I didn't give a rip what you thought about me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I just want to know what you could do for me. Now, I want everything God has, and I don't care what other people think in a good way, 
because I want to receive everything he has, no matter what it looks like, so that the next person that stands in front of me, regardless of what they look like, the lifestyle they're in, what they're going through, I will literally have the strength that comes from God, not physical strength, but the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah 8.10, part B of the verse, says the joy of the Lord is my strength. I will have the strength to love them effectively and efficiently and love them ultimately well in that moment so that they can see who the Father is and what he looks like. That's what I care about. That's what we should care about. And you, you know what else? Is how I see him is how I will represent him to you. I used to think God was always, I thought he was tolerating me. You ever thought that? I thought he's just putting up with me. Jesus, thankfully, Jesus came and been a sacrifice for me. And because of that, now the Father will tolerate me. He'll put up with me like, lucky Jesus came, because if he didn't, I was going to get you. That's what we thought, right? Everybody ever thought that? Maybe I'm the only one. Check this out. In, in Revelations, around 5 or 6, it says, Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Right? God lives outside of time. In Ephesians 1, it says that he chose us before the foundation of the world to be uh, holy and without blame before him in love. And that he also, in verse 5 or 6 in Ephesians 1, says that he made us accepted in the beloved, or in the beloved. So this is how I see it. If Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and God lives outside of time, before the world was created, he already saw you through the sacrifice of Jesus when he chose you in him before he created the whole thing. And so Jesus didn't die 2,000 years ago to him. To God, Jesus died before the foundation of the world. It was already a done deal. So he wasn't just tolerating us or putting up with us. He actually was always wanting us to be able to accept the sacrifice that he'd already made in his, in his mind before the foundation of the world because it was always plan A. That was it. It was plan A. Jesus was never plan B. It was not the rescue mission because Adam and Eve messed up. It was literally what he always wanted to do. Isn't that good news? So he never was just tolerating me. Yay! <laughs> so that means that I, you know, all along, when I thought he was tolerating me, I thought it because he was in a bad mood. We're like, well, well God's just waiting for Jesus. He's, he's just in a bad mood until Jesus came. Remember, before the foundation of the world, it already came in his mind. So he's always been in a good mood. Doesn't mean he hasn't shown emotion at times, right? It's where we get ours. We said, they're a, they're a terrible master, but a great indicator of what I believe. <laughs> My emotions are not to rule, rule me, because that's, that, that's what immature Christians can do. That's what I did when I was an immature Christian. But when I, when I started growing up, and I'm still growing up, and I will be for the, for the rest of my life, growing up in Christ... I realize that my emotions, how I feel, points me to what I believe in any given situation. And so what do I believe about him? Do I believe he's in a good mood? Because if I believe he's in a good mood, I will represent him, or represent him as to being in a good mood to you. So what if, 
joy and laughter breaks out for a multitude of reasons. One, it's because it's our strength. Don't have joy, don't have strength. Period. Right? Sometimes a merry heart, it says it in, I think in Proverbs 17:22, a merry heart does good like medicine. That, actually, you know what? I did write it down. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. You know what doctors say? They believe that over 80% of sicknesses and disease are directly related to emotional problems. I think joy and laughter is, uh, is the key to uh, actually uh, a, a literal healthy heart, <laughs> which has been proven by medical science. Medical science and, and the Bible are, are not to clash. They actually complement one another. Isn't that amazing? And so we're seeing that all the time, medical science proving biblical truth. And this is another one of them, is that a merry heart does good like medicine. But if I don't have joy, if I don't have a merry heart, if I don't have a happy heart, then sickness and depression come my way. Sometimes, I know that there's, there's some different factors that can go in. Our diet, sleep, you know, you're drinking water, you're doing proper things, getting exercise, all that stuff. One of the main foundational keys is joy. There's a perfect representation of who the Father is in Psalms 2-4. And I said it over Jonah Relly. It says that the God who sits in heaven, he, he laughs. He literally laughs. This is, this is what he said. He who sits in heavens laughs at the plans of the enemy. It's the highest perspective to have. When I start to laugh at the plans of the enemy, you ever, you ever, I've been lots of times in my life where I didn't laugh at the plans of the enemy. I thought he had plans for me and it, it freaked me out. It scared me, caused me to doubt, made me cry. Uh, and then I started to get God's perspective. And he's like, why don't you come up? He said it to John. He's like, why don't you come up here? This is where you're made to sit. Ephesians 2.6, seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And what, you know what happened when, when Jesus sat down? It, it, it put the exclamation point on what he said at the cross. It is finished. But you know what also, also it represented? Is that the father on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. <laughs> he never started working after that because Jesus had already done the work before the foundation of the world. It just got played out in real time when we saw it over 2,000 years ago. <laughs> the father didn't get up. <laughs> and so Jesus sits down, and when he says that you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that I'm seated, he, he, what he's, this is what he's saying. This is what I hear him saying. Just rest in me. It's already accomplished. If you'll rest in me, you'll get my perspective. If you get my perspective, you'll realize that it's all already done. The, the things in the world that have caused you to respond in certain ways and, and even cause fear and, and different emotional responses that are unhealthy, they won't do that to you anymore because you'll see from my perspective. Be, and, and because you see from my perspective, you'll have hope. Hope and joy are evidence that we're growing in love. I can prove it to you in the Bible. Let me show it to you. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7, then I'll, I'll wrap up. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient. You guys know this, this, this passage, right? You've, some of you that may have it hanging on your wall, it's, it's read at weddings. 
it's not only meant to be read, it's actually meant to be become a part of who it's it's our new nature. If you want to know the nature of the Father, look at 1 Corinthians 13 because God is love. You see that in 1 John 4. Look at 1 Corinthians 13. You see if it's outside that nature, it's outside the Father's nature. And because we're we're actually made in his image, it's our nature too. So 1 Corinthians 13 now becomes my nature. And don't worry, you don't have to try real hard to live it out. It's grace. Anything that he says is my new nature actually becomes what? what what's nature short for? Natural? It becomes natural. <laughs> Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Selah. <laughs> it does not rejoice. <laughs> that one, that one stings, stings me. This is what I, this is what I asked God when I, I was reading First John four, reading this passage the other day. I'm like, God, I want, I want this to sting me every time I read it. I want it to convict my heart. Why? So that I can feel bad? No, he doesn't want me to feel bad. He wants me to wake up to who I already am. He's inviting us into this place of living a life of love that he already paid for us to live from. Come on. Okay, verse 6. It does not, this is, love does not rejoice about injustice. This is the NLT, by the way. If you've got another version up there, it might look different to them. Uh, verse 6, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Isn't that good? Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. Never gives up, that's a byproduct of hope, right? Never loses faith, byproduct of hope. All right, if I've got faith, I've got hope. What, what three things remain in 1 Corinthians 13 at the end? Faith, hope, and love. Now, the greatest of these are love, but faith and hope were in the, they were in the picture, right? They were, they were, they were honorable mentions <laughs> in, those, in those three. So I'm going to pay close attention to all three of them, not just one of them. But with that... If love is transforming me, hope will be evidence that it is. My hope is rising. We sing that, my hope, hope is rising, right? Like a giant, is that what it says? <laughs> I want my hope to be like a, a giant that towers over every circumstance and every situation that I face in life. That I see everything through the lens of hope, and this is the, this is the door. The door is love. And if the door's love, then the door's Jesus. And you, have, you and I, the, everybody that knows Jesus in this room, everybody that's watching, everybody that has a relationship with him has already entered in through the door. And so then what do I have to do to get hope? If I've, if I've already got it, you're like, well, I don't feel it. Well, I'm glad. I, I talked to some people this, this past week. We were practicing receiving love. And I saw one person in the room was like, you know, forget it, basically, after they tried for a little bit. And I knew that it was because everybody around them was actually feeling love. And I reminded them, along with everybody else, 
Things in the kingdom don't come through feeling. They come by faith. Faith's not a feeling. Now, I'm grateful when I get to feel because I lived in a time when I didn't feel much that was good. And so now I want to I feel kingdom things. But if I don't, in any, any given situation, I know that how I receive, how we receive in the kingdom is by faith. And so you're like, well, I don't feel it. You don't have to feel it. It's already there. And so when I don't feel it, what do I go back to? What, what can I find is, is the most sure truth, my anchor, is the Word of God. And I go to the Word of God and I look for what I need to renew my mind with to believe what Jesus has said is already true about me. He's seen me and you like this for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. He's already seen us as fully accepted, chosen, holy, blameless, forgiven, he already saw us as this. He was just waiting for us to say yes to the way he saw us. Accepting Jesus into my life is not only a ticket to heaven. It's a ticket into my identity. The way he always created us to be. I can't wait to get to heaven. I do want to hang out here as long as I possibly can though. I'm serious. <laughs> I, know the world's, I know the world's messed up. You know what? It's been messed up since Adam and Eve fell. <laughs> That's why we're here. To release light and life and love into the darkness. To bring change where, where circumstances and situations look hopeful or hopeless. We bring hope in. We bring a new perspective of hope into a situation where like, <laughs> I... I <laughs> Man, I, I probably shouldn't say it. I don't want to offend you guys, but <laughs> literally, I had somebody who was a Christian the other day said, the, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You heard that said before? I figured I could use it in this context because she meant literally hell, right? Going <laughs> I'm like, man, that's, whew, we're going to work on hope a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let's, let's change your perspective and look away from the news. <laughs> look, look into the perfect law of liberty, which is our mirror, the Bible, and then everything I need to receive is, is in there. And where will that direct me? I'll learn that looking into his eyes is where everything I need is. This is what I do practically. I'm going to wrap up with this. I laugh a lot because I have a lot of joy. We will continue to create a culture of what joy looks like. And it's in the fullness of his, of his presence. Psalm 1611. I point you to scriptures. I can point you to a whole bunch more. Uh, look up medical facts of what, what laughter does. They say that on average, children laugh 400 plus times a day. I figure a laugh is ha ha. Some people think that if you laugh and nothing's funny, it's being fake. I think that if you, sometimes you have to A, warm up your laughter, and two, I actually choose laughter. I choose to activate joy and laughter in my life on a daily basis. I'm not waiting for something to be funny. I told you some things I think are funny all the time. 
if your wife, if your laugher needs warmed up, you know what? Find some funny videos. Right? Whatever's funny to you. I don't want to give you any ideas, but what what's what's funny to you? Some of us, Laurel and Hardy. You remember Laurel and Hardy? I used to watch it when I was little. I dated myself a little bit, I know, but there's other comedy out there. You know what you what you should do for what's good for you and what isn't. So I'll just leave it at that. So sometimes you gotta you gotta warm it up. So we're, we're going to continue to create. You're going to continue to hear. You're going to continue to hear laughter. I want to give you an explanation of why. Sometimes people are laughing because their childhood is being restored in a moment. I didn't have a lot of laughs when I was a kid. I had some, but not a lot. Some of you, you experienced the same thing, right? Parents doing the best they can with what they know how. Sometimes it just wasn't in, enjoyable. There wasn't any joy inside. Right? Tough times, whatever it was. God wants to restore the child in you. You know what, what it is to grow up in the kingdom? Actually means to grow down. I become more childlike in faith, in vision, and actually become more mature spiritually that way. Because what you think in growing down in childlikeness, you might think, well, I'm going to become more selfish. No, it actually caused you to be more selfless. That's how I know I'm growing up in the kingdom. And so kids laugh a lot. They said on average, adults customarily laugh 15 to 18 times a day. 415 to 18. Big difference, right? I like the ab workout of laughing better than I like crunches too, right? A lot better than the wheel. You ever done the wheel? Rough. So I just laugh a lot and do less crunches. So we're, cre we're creating a culture. I'm not, I'm not trying to encourage you to do something that you don't feel like doing. I am encouraging you to choose joy and laughter so that you'll have strength to make the impact that you were created to make and that you and I will continue to represent a happy and holy and good father. That's who he is. It's who you are. Right? So this is what I do practically. I'll renew my mind with truth. And the Word of God is what we've been talking about. Wherever I don't have hope, I, I will turn all my warfare guns, as Steve Backlund says. All my warfare guns that I had turned at the devil, you know what I do? I turn it all on my thinking and realize he's defeated. That's how I got there. I turned my warfare guns on my thinking. And I start to target my thinking. And I target in the areas that I don't have hope. You know what else I do that's super practical? I know how much of any one topic of what's happening in the world I can take in without becoming hopeless or freaked out a little bit. How much can you tolerate? As soon as a negative word comes out of your mouth or you start to feel funky or your perspective starts to shift to hopelessness, I would challenge you in saying that's probably as much as you should take in. You can get informed in a lot less time than what we, we customarily do. Am I listening to more truth from media than I am from, from hope that comes from the Word of God? Am I spending more time saturating myself with this? Now, each one of us have different levels that we can take in. You decide between you and Holy Spirit, what can you take in? It's up to you. I know my limits. And then I oppose that. And I'm like, ah, I'm done. Got my information, I'm good. I refuse, 
I'm, I'm reminded of every time that we lose a loved one of how short and fragile life is. And I refuse to live from a hopeless perspective. Not, uh, not even one day of my life will I live from a hopeless perspective. I will not. It's, it's, it's really too short. I will not live from a place that's not joyful and not loving. I just can't do it. doesn't mean that I, I'm not, it's not possible because it still happens. But the moments are becoming fewer and far between for all of us of living, of living that way. So if you, you would stand with me and I'm going to pray. Thanks for staying a few minutes longer. The ordination was amazing. My gosh. I feel like I got ordained all over again. There's another thing that that's worth mentioning. This is a question I, I want to ask you is when when do you need strength? You need it at the end of the battle? Probably need it in the middle of the battle. It'd be even better if you had it at the beginning. So let's 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 get rid of all destination disease. Like I'll have hope and joy when I get, you know that. When I get kids, when I get a job, when I get a house, when I get married, when I get. But all of you have found out some of those things didn't bring you as much joy as you might have hoped. <laughs> At least it didn't last, right? And so we need strength in every moment of every day. That's why we need joy. And I feel like the reason I brought that up is because I feel like there's going to be an impartation of joy right now. It's impartable. We got it. We did, didn't we? We got it. Man, he got us. I wasn't, I wasn't even asking for it. I wasn't looking for it. I was just saying, Jesus, I want all you got for me. Do you want all he, do you want all he has for you? That's, it's, that, it's that simple. He's going to love you just the same if you don't. I'm going to get all, all, all I can. So impartation of joy is coming. I can feel it even coming in the room right now. And, and that doesn't mean necessarily that you may bust out laughing. It doesn't mean you won't. But it does mean you're going to tap into a strength that you don't have to conjure up on your own. Wouldn't that be nice? No caffeine required. <laughs> Some of us, that seems foreign. <laughs> strength that does not require substance other than joy. <laughs> That's the, it's the currency of heaven. He takes it seriously. He takes joy seriously. <laughs> So Holy Spirit, would you come and, and, and make yourself even more tangible, more real than you already have been <laughs> throughout this whole, this whole time we've spent together? Would you come and would you bring and solidify an impartation of joy into every person's life? Yeah, come. Come. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Thank you. Yeah, I just release every bit of oil of joy, every bit of joy that we carry as a, as a house, every bit of impartation we've received, we release right now to every person, every person watching, we release now in Jesus' name. We release it. Yeah. <clears throat> Explode inside people's hearts with your joy, would you, Jesus? Show them that you're as happy as you are holy. Help us to see you as the good father. The good father that's in a good mood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus.
thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Bless what you're doing in the room. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Jesus. We receive. We receive joy right now. The oil of joy come, we receive. Just receive it in your own way. If you've got to say it out loud or inside your head, whatever. We receive your 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 joy right now. And in that, we receive your love. I pray that there would be a truth that's solidified in every person, and it's that we're worth your love. We're worth what you, what you did. We're worth it. Because you say so. So I thank you, Father, for worth being solidified in the foundation of every person. Thank you for getting rid of those lies that have been wrapped around our hearts and in our minds for too long, thinking we're not worth anything. I felt like in the prayer room that self-loathing loathing was going to be broken today. It's an extreme criticism of oneself, believing that we're not worth anything good. <clears throat> That's not true. So I thank you, Father, for breaking that right now in Jesus' name. The power of, of self-loathing that criticalness that we have about ourselves. I thank you for taking us up to a new perspective of seeing ourselves through your eyes. Let there be a hunger that's birthed in every person to live in intimacy with you on a daily basis. To long to be with you in moments of solitude where we just gaze into your eyes. We just love on you and let you love on us. Yes, Jesus, let that be birthed in this, in this family, in, in this region, in this nation. A longing to be with you, Jesus. Thank you. All those lies that have been intertwined for far too long in our thinking that oppose the truth of your word. I thank you that you are working each one of them out and working truth in. I thank you that we'll no longer be held captive to the lies that we've believed for far too long. That you're doing something about it. I thank you that hope is rising in our hearts. I thank you that joy is becoming our strength. I thank you that I, I'm in a room with people that are going to choose joy and laughter on a daily basis regardless of what we may feel like thanks Jesus thank you Jesus we ask that this go out to the extension of every family that's represented here too kids, cousins, uncles, aunts moms, dads grandparents, everybody brothers, sisters, whoever it is, we ask that the prayers that we've been praying, Lord, would, would, and we just ask that they begin to experience what we are. Thank you that you've been chasing them down with your love. They're going to stop, be caught <laughs> in a good way, and let you love them just as we're doing, we're learning to do. In Jesus' name.
prayer team, would you would you all come up front? Man, thank you all so much for being here with us. I know that when we stop suddenly in a moment like that, God doesn't stop. He's still working, all always working. And so you may need somebody to pray with you. If you need physical healing or any kind of other healing, we got people that want to pray for you and encourage you. Um, and if you got to go, by all means, we bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Let him love you this week. See what it does. See what it does for the people that are around you. As you just literally, this is what I do on a daily basis, several times a day. Say, here I am. Here I am, Jesus, for you to love. That's it. I know it's a profound prayer. You might have to write it down. But literally what I do is changing my life. It's causing me to love more people intentionally on a daily basis. The most selfless thing we could ever do. Let him love us. So I bless you guys. Have an amazing, safe trip home. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.